Good morning. This is the Polk County Report on KMZ Community Radio. Uh, I'm Michael Rose. This is Pledge Drive Week. It's time for the community-minded and generous to step up and support our programming. Our nonprofit radio station provides a vibrant local media presence at a time when corporate media has scaled back local news reporting. KMZ has continued to cover the local issues that matter to you and your neighbors, and we've been doing this for almost 10 years. We also spotlight local arts and culture. So please support KMZ's radio programs and podcast. Go to KMZ.org and click on Contribute Now. You can use a credit card or PayPal. You can send us a check to the address on the Contribute Now page. Now on today's uh, on, to, on with today's show, our guest is Brian Lana. Brian is a city manager for Dallas, Oregon. If you've never visited Dallas, it's about 10 miles west of Salem. It's a county seat for Polk County. It has an old-fashioned town square with a 123-year-old courthouse built from native stone. Good morning, Brian. Morning. Well, let's get started. Um, you know, first up, uh, there's, but there was a letter sent out to uh, Dallas residents this week about uh, the drinking water, and apparently um, last month, um, for about three days, uh, the water didn't meet uh, turbidity standards. It basically did not meet uh, treatment requirements. Uh, that was back in January 16th, 17th, um, and 18th. Um, I'm, I'm wondering why are we hearing about this now, if there was a problem with the water that, uh, you know, that it was potentially harmful, why are we finding out about this, you know, a month later? Yeah, certainly. Thank you, Mike, for that question. So uh, when we were having the issue with the water, the high turbidity, um, and that was a result of the heavy rains that we had back in uh, the month of January, we um, we did send out notifications through our Civic Ready, uh, through our social media channels, and also through our website, letting the community know that, that we had um, you know, issues at our water plant. Uh, so we did inform people right away of the, the situation. We were able to draw down uh, our water storage supply to produce, to make sure people were receiving you know, good water that was treated properly while we were working on the issues to get our plant uh, back up and going. But for those three days, the water that we were treating uh, off the Rick Rail Creek, uh, we weren't able to get it to the, the high standards that the state requires for turbidity. And that's essentially the cloudiness that you get in your water. And so uh, it took us, you know, three or four days to get it back down to the levels that we needed to get it out to the distribution system. So um, the good news is is that we did send, you know, the good quality water out that we had already treated before we were having the issues through the community. Um, but because it took us those three days to get the water back to the standards, um, uh, to send out back to the community, the state requires us to send this notice within 30 days of an event uh, just to let the community know that, hey, we had issues with our system. They've been resolved. Uh, there may have been uh, some of that water that came out in the system, but we have pretty high confidence that most of that water that didn't meet the standards, um, we didn't keep that. We disposed of it before it got out in the distribution system. So, um, But it's just a, a notice that the state requires when we have issues like this that we send out. So there was some notification on social media when this was going on? Yep. So was it on the city's webpage, or how, how, it, how was it distributed? It was. So we put it on our web our webpage on the front of the city website. Uh, I think we also put some messages out through social media. We have a city Facebook page uh, and a notification system that we do that. And we also sent uh, some notices through our Civic Ready notification system. It's like an emergency notification um, or uh, and you can sign up for that notification through our city website. Okay, well that that clears things up. I feel a little bit uh, 
a little bit better about this. I was a little disturbed when I first found this uh, letter showed up by mail. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your professional uh, background, Brian? How long have you been city manager for Dallas? Yeah, certainly. So I've uh, worked for the city of Dallas for about a year and a half. I started in September of 2019. Uh, before that, I was the city manager for the city of Harrisburg, Oregon, uh, about 30, 40 miles down the road. And I worked there for about six years. Uh, I've been in local government for about 15 years, uh, working in community and economic development uh, work prior to becoming a city manager. Okay. Um, how would you describe Dallas to someone who's never visited the community? What was your first impressions when you showed up in town? Yeah, I think I would describe Dallas as, uh, you know, just when you come to Dallas, you just feel like you're, you know, in, you know, you're at home. You're here, you're uh, around, uh, you know, comfortable surroundings. Um, it's a very beautiful community. Uh, it's nestled right up against the coast range uh, off the you know, Willamette Valley, but in the valley. It's, um, it's just a really nice, uh, nice community. It has a good feel, uh, you know, good community, uh, a lot of pride in the town. Uh, it's a great, great place if you want to do recreation, uh, particularly in our, our many parks that we have. We have the Recreal Creek that goes through the community. Uh, it's just a great place to, to come, uh, to feel like you're at home, and to be surrounded around great people as well. So what do you think will be the biggest challenges for city government in 2021? Uh, I think the biggest challenge uh, that we'll probably continue to face would be uh, dealing with the aspects of COVID-19, uh, making sure that uh, our businesses are able to continue to operate uh, the best way that they can uh, with the state restrictions that are put in place, um, making sure that the health uh, of our citizens is at the forefront of that conversation, uh, that we're doing things uh, in a safe way, but making sure that we're able to you know, continue to thrive as, a, as an economy here in Dallas. So do you expect you'll have to make some deep cuts in the budget because of the COVID-19 issues and the downturn in the economy? So we were pretty proactive with that. Uh, we looked at our budget back in October uh, of this last year. Uh, we're able to gauge how COVID was impacting our revenues for the city, um, as well as our expenditures, and we made some adjustments back then. Uh, and so we feel pretty confident going into uh, this coming budget cycle. Uh, we're required to adopt our budget by the end of June this year. And so uh, we feel pretty good that we won't have to make deep cuts, um, but we may have to you know, move a few things around and just adjust some numbers, uh, but it'll be pretty minor. Yeah, I saw the story in the Polk County Itemized Observer that talked about some of the suggestions to um, reduce cost and maybe bring in uh, more revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are, um, those are more uh, long-term projects uh, for the long-term health of our, our city budget. Uh, and not so much to address impacts from COVID-19. Okay. Um, the Dallas Aquatic Center has temporarily closed because of the pandemic, but I'm curious about its long-term outlet, uh, outlook. The, the city's subsidies for the Aquatic Center becomes a contentious issue anytime there's talk of you know, cutting the budget. A few years ago, the YMCA of Marion and Polk County had some preliminary interest in taking over Aquatic Center programs. Are there still discussions about restructuring the Aquatic Center's uh, programs? So it is a topic that uh, continues to get uh, discussed here at the city. We most recently had the discussion with our uh, city council building uh, and grounds advisory uh, committee uh, made up of five of the city councilors. 
and they uh, are exploring a few different options um, to uh, help with the, the revenues and the expenditures at the Aquatic Center. Um, so they're looking at three options for that. Uh, one does include uh, public-private partnerships or public nonprofit partnerships with like the YMCA or the Salvation Army or something like that. So yes, we continue to have ongoing conversations. Um, I will say that the the gap between the revenues and expenditures has uh, been getting better over the last few years at the Aquatic Center as we see more people using the Aquatic Center. Uh, so we're we're moving in the right direction on that. Okay. Well, there's a lot of people that really like the Aquatic Center, and of course, there's there's others that that uh, have a problem with subsidizing it. I guess that's just one of those ongoing issues here in the, in the, the big town of Dallas, Oregon. Um, about two years ago, a company called Mint Valley Paper unveiled its plans to the public. Mint Valley discussed building a $300 million tissue paper manufacturing plant along Gotsey Road in Dallas. Uh, this, of course, was big news. It was talk of 120 new jobs. Uh, what's the current status of this project? I haven't heard much about it lately. Yeah, so uh, the city did approve their land use application for that project um, a couple of years back. Uh, the land use approval is still active. Um, they're working to uh, uh, kind of lock that approval in place because it does have an expiration date, um, and that requires submission of some uh, permits, uh, building or grading permits. And so they're working on getting those uh, submitted this month. Um, so it really is a matter of uh, the applicant, uh, Mint Valley Paper, getting ready to uh, you know, put together permits, um, you make sure all their financing is put in place, and so uh, you know we're ready to receive them and happy uh, when they uh, are ready to come. So, so do you know if they've the got their? That. Do you know have they said they have their financing lined up or almost lined up? Do we know what the the status of that is? Because that's the big hitch for them. Yeah, that is uh, kind of their big hitch, and it's um, you know we we continue to have weekly calls with them uh, between the city, uh, the, the state, and the the uh, company. And so um, that is an issue that they're continuing to work on and, and get that secured. You know, $300 million isn't uh, a small amount. So I know it's uh, something they continue to work on. And, I, you know, they've been uh, pretty close a, a few times in, in getting that secured. But uh, that does require a lot of hoops. So have we uh, spent any public funds to promote Mint Valley's project? I mean, have they asked for, uh, you know, roads to be built or additional infrastructure or anything like that? So uh, the tissue paper plant will require a lot of water, and so uh, one of the projects that we are uh, that we will be completing to accommodate their need for that water is uh, what we call the Purple Pipe Project. I don't know how familiar you are with that, but essentially it's taking our treated wastewater, uh, treating it to a higher level to be able to then deliver that for uh, industrial processing. So we're taking our uh, you know, treated wastewater instead of using potable water from our water treatment plant. We're taking treated water from our wastewater plant and using it in their industrial process. So that'll be a public improvement uh, project that's going to be completed that will have benefits for the, the project. Uh, the other project that we're uh, completing, uh, and that is the Godsey Road Improvement Project. It's a complete reconstruction of Godsey Road. Uh, a new bridge over Ash Creek, and improvements to the rail crossing uh, there on Godsey Road. That's a public improvement that needs to be done anyway, um, but certainly Mint Valley Paper will benefit because it's abutting their site. So the Purple Pipeline Project, the wastewater uh, 
recycling uh, wastewater, was that being, is that developed just for Mint Valley or is it, was there some other industry you hope to attract with that? No, it was in the works before Mint okay. Valley came along. Um, and we were looking at using it for uh, irrigating our uh, our public lands uh, in the city, you know, our park lands, uh, school properties, stuff of that nature. So do you know if Mint Valley is seeking enterprise zone tax exemptions or other tax breaks? Uh, so it's certainly something that they uh, are eligible for, and um, but they don't have any current applications in the queue uh, for either enterprise zone or uh, other state uh, tax incentive programs. So are you aware of any other pers- – It's something that they could do, I guess. Sure. what I would say on that. Are you aware of any other prospective employers that are currently considering relocating or expanding here in Dallas? Yeah, so uh, we often will get solicitations from the state through Business Oregon, um, and we put you know Dallas's industrial properties uh, uh, in the kind of in the queue for those solicitations. Uh, so we're uh, working with a couple of projects right now um, that that are looking at Dallas, and so um, yeah, but we're working. So yeah, we continue to work on those. Um, but nothing that can be announced at this point. Well, I know you, you probably can't tell us the name of the company. Could you give us just basically the type of business? Is this a manufacturer or a, a call center? or? Uh... Yeah, so uh, both of them would be manufacturing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dallas has a long history in manufacturing. We used to be a big manufacturing town, but, but not so much um, anymore. Willamette Industries ran a sawmill in Dallas for nearly 100 years. Um, and operated plywood mill too. Warehouser later took over Willamette Industries and ran the Dallas operation for a time. But the the mill is closed and and largely dismantled. The property's vacant. What's the status of the mill site? Is there a plan to redevelop the property? Yeah, so it's currently um, owned by uh, a group of of owners. Um, it's a partnership they have put together, and uh, they are uh, a very good group. They're very interested in redeveloping that property. Um, they've leased out a couple of the buildings on the site um, to some small manufacturing uh, operations, but they, uh, you know, their big goal is to get the entire site, you know, redeveloped. Um, we have in the city an economic development commission. Uh, they've taken on the mill site as a project uh, to get that redeveloped, um, and so there's different uh, ideas and concepts that are currently being worked through with the property owners. Uh, but we're very happy to have a good partnership with the owners, um, and we're working with their property manager as well as their broker to to get the, uh, that redeveloped. So, um, but yes, we're we're working on those plans. We're in the very early stages, but looking forward to seeing a lot of activity on that on that site soon. Like within a year or so, or I would say it's probably more in a five to seven year plan. In a five to seven year. You know, a lot of communities don't don't have hardly any industrial property at all. We have a big chunk of industrial property right in the middle of town. So hopefully that can mm-hmm. be uh, redeveloped and we get some more jobs uh, in Dallas. Yep. If you're just joining us, this is the Polk County Report on KMEZ Community Radio. We're broadcasting on 100.7 and 88.5 FM. I'm Michael Rose. Our guest today is Brian Lotta, the city manager of Dallas, Oregon. Um, uh, Brian, the city has discussed creating an advisory committee for diversity, inclusion, and equity. Could you tell us a little bit about that? How did this get started? Yeah, so uh, it really got started over the summer um, when there was uh, a lot of protests in response to the George Floyd uh, uh, incident that took place back in the Midwest. And so, um, you know, we in Dallas decided, you know, hey, there's not a lot that uh, we actively do uh, to, you know, promote diversity, equity, and inclusion as far as having, you know, community conversations and that sort of thing. 
And so um, we had a uh, what we call the Dallas Community Collaboration Panel, which was assembled, um, and I was part of that, as well as the police chief of Dallas, the uh, Polk County Sheriff was included, um, as well as community members and others. Uh, and so, and we met on a weekly basis, and we talked about you know issues um, that we felt you know could be addressed, ideas and concepts that you know could be implemented here in Dallas. And so, you know, that group, um, you know, met for the better part of maybe a couple months and then, uh, you know, went away. Um, but through that, uh, some of the members said, hey, we really think that this should be a conversation that's run through the city. So they put together a proposal, uh, gave that to me. I ran it by the city council. Um, they've referred that matter to their admin committee to consider the development of uh, of an advisory committee on the topics of diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, and so we're looking forward to seeing how that committee will uh, you know be formed. There's a lot of uh, kind of procedural things that we need to do to make that happen, but I think it's you know likely to occur here in the next uh, couple of months. So the city council is going to have to take a vote to uh, before this is going to go forward, is what it sounds like. Yeah. So um, with all the other advisory committees that we have, there. Uh, included in our municipal code so that they have kind of a makeup of the committee, you know, how the committee members are appointed, uh, what their roles and responsibilities are. Um, and so uh, we'll probably go through that same process to, you know, include them in our municipal code. That requires an adoption of an ordinance. So, yes, the city council would vote on that. So how will members of the diversity committee be selected? Will there be kind of an open call for people to show up if you're interested and, and uh, like a little little public hearing or how how will this play out? Yeah, so I suspect that we'll probably play out uh, similar to our other advisory committees, um, and that is that the uh, city staff will solicit uh, applications from the community members. The applications will then uh, be brought in. We give those applications to the mayor who reviews them, kind of vets them, and then he makes a recommendation to the city council on these the members that uh, he feels should be appointed. And then the council ultimately has the decision on that. Will the committee members uh, receive any special training, do you think? Yes, I think they will. Um, similar to all of our other advisory committees, we would uh, make sure that the committee members are uh, trained on the the work that they have before them. Um, so, you know, whether it's like a planning commission, for example, we train the commissioners on, you know, the Oregon State Land Use Planning System uh, with an equity and inclusion diversity committee. We would, uh, you know, probably bring in a consultant to be able to provide training on that topic. So, just to recap, on the diversity committee, it's likely that the mayor would receive some applications from community members that were interested in being on the diversity committee. He would make his recommendations to the uh, city council, and the city council would pick who uh, would be on this committee. Correct. Uh, do you have any idea how large the committee would be? Would it just be, you know, five or six people, or a dozen, or? Any, yeah, any sense? It, it's hard to say without any, with certainty because we haven't had that conversation sure. yet. But most of our advisory committees to the city council are between five and seven members. So that's likely to be what it would look like. So do you think the advisory committee can get underway in a few months? Do you think it will be a pretty quick process or will it be a, kind of a, a longer, uh, drawn-out, more discussion-type thing? So I would suspect that um, because we have to – uh, we're likely to adopt this through the municipal code process, um, and ordinances uh, typically take two months to get approved. Um, I would suspect that you would probably not have this committee start meeting until uh, probably June or July. Okay. 
And we, we touched on this group of community leaders that uh, worked together called the Community Collaboration Panel. And they out of that came this idea for uh, an advisory committee for diversity and inclusion, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that group still meeting? Uh, they're not. They're not, okay. So uh, that was the main achievement of this group, was suggesting that we uh, form a, a committee for diversity and inclusion? So I think that was the the product of the committee, but the purpose I think of the committee was really to um, you know bring uh, you know lots of different uh, perspectives on the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and um, you know, and the the police again the the community collaboration panel was put together in response to the uh, the George Floyd right. and the other you know incidences over the summer. And so, you know, there was a lot of um, just uncomfortableness around that topic, um, I think, between a lot of, you know, and just a lot of discussion that had to take place. And so I think the purpose was to really kind of understand, you know, how does Dallas, you know, fit into this conversation that was going on nationally? And um, and so we had really good uh, discussions. Those meetings were, you know, two hours apiece. um, And we we really tackled, um, you know, and had really good and deep conversations um, and then, you know, eventually that, uh, you know, ran its course. And again, from that came, hey, we should have, you know, ongoing conversations around, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion here in Dallas as an advisory committee to the council. So um, I think that was kind of the path. So the community collaboration panel, uh, those meetings really weren't public meetings, or were they? No, they weren't public meetings. It was just, um, you know, members of the community that wanted to get together and talk about these topics. Okay. So I live in Dallas. Uh, the home building industry seems to be booming. Does this translate into a big increase in in population? And is the city starting to experience you know growth related problems such as the need to upgrade and expand infrastructure, school crowding, that type of thing? So um, the home building industry is doing very well. That's uh, very correct. Um, we we are seeing population growth. Um, our I believe census numbers for this year had us just a little under 17,000 in population um, from Portland State. And so uh, we are growing. It's not causing us to uh, have to do any major expansions of our facilities, uh, either water or wastewater. Um, But looking into the future, probably the next five to ten years, we will have to look at uh, expansion of our pretreatment water storage um, right now, uh, we have our source of water comes from Rick Real Creek, and we have an earthen dam reservoir uh, up in the mountains. And so we're going to have to probably either expand that reservoir or add a new reservoir to be able to hold more water so that we'll have uh, more water available throughout the summer months and into the fall. Um, and so we're going to start looking at that. That's been a council priority for the last couple of years. Um, knowing that, hey, if, if there's opportunity to buy land or other things like that up in our watershed, we should take advantage of that. Uh, we're going to get a little bit more serious, I believe, this year in starting to discuss how do we get this new reservoir, new dam built. So the answer is yes, we are going to have to upgrade infrastructure here pretty soon yeah, with, with the rate of growth. Yeah, but it's, again, probably you know a five- to ten-year project. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're looking at that. We're thinking about it. Um, but, you know, right now we have uh, plenty of water to meet our needs. Our sewer treatment plant has plenty of capacity to take 
the growth that we've already received. Well, another uh, issue I've noticed, until recently, you rarely, if ever, saw someone living on the streets in Dallas, and that's changed in just the past year or so. Uh, Does the city have a plan to help unsheltered people living in our community? So that is something that we've also observed, Um, and we've we've done a really good job in the past, I believe, with our police department kind of taking the lead and making sure that we have contact with those that uh, are unsheltered and, you know, knowing who they are, providing them with resources that they need. Um, uh, Our aquatic center provides uh, shower facilities for those that are unsheltered. Um, We have passes that we hand out and make sure that they're uh, taken care of in that way. Um, but yes, we are, uh, the city council will be meeting with the executive director of the Mid Willamette Valley Homeless Alliance. Um, that's a Polk County and Marion County, uh, organization. It's a continuum of care organization, uh, that deals uh, specifically with this topic. And so, uh, but we're as a city and as a city council going to meet with uh, that organization and see if uh, we want to participate with that. I anticipate that we will. Um, as I've spoken with city councilors, there's a lot of interest in this topic and making sure that we're taking care of those that are in our community. Well, it's a problem that just uh, just popped up um, like within the last year. Um, I, there was a couple people that were living down at the park where I live and then you know, sometimes you go up to Safeway and there's a whole line of people out, you know, hanging around in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like most small towns in the middle of Willamette Valley, many Dallas residents are commuters. They have jobs in Salem or even in the Portland area. Uh, some people say Dallas is well on its way to becoming a, a bedroom community. Is this a fair criticism? Uh, well, I don't know if being a bedroom community is necessarily a bad a bad thing. So I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it a criticism, but I certainly think that, yes, that's a true statement. There are a lot of people that do commute out, um, particularly because, you know, some of the industries that we talked about earlier uh, are no longer here, right? So they don't have the jobs. Um, but that's something that, you know, we recognize and we would like to provide the jobs here in Dallas. And so uh, we're completing our economic opportunities analysis right now, which is a planning document to demonstrate that we have uh, a need for uh, industrial lands, for commercial lands. Um, We have a lot of industrial land in Dallas that's underutilized or vacant, um, and we're developing plans on how to get that more more used, new employers here, uh, so that we can provide those jobs in Dallas. So I think that, yes, uh, we certainly probably fit that definition of a bedroom community, um, but we have the opportunity here to uh, you know, make more jobs and have more people, you know, not have to commute if they so choose. If you're just joining us, this is a Polk County Report on KMZ Community Radio. I'm Michael Rose. Our guest today is Brian Lana, the city manager of Dallas, Oregon. A podcast of this interview will be available for download from the KMZ.org website in several days. Uh, Brian, every job is a learning experience. What life lessons have you learned from serving as city manager for Dallas? Um, I think you know, the, the life lesson that I've learned as I've been a city manager now in a few different communities is that um, uh, every community is unique, but the challenges are are the same. Um, and so uh, Dallas is a great place. I think that uh, we have some uh, some challenges here that, uh, that are really going to be exciting, uh, that will turn into exciting opportunities over the next several years. Um, you know, bringing more industry, more commerce to Dallas is a high priority of the council uh, and myself, and I think the community would like to see that. Uh, I think that we have, uh, you know, just 
really um, we're growing residentially, and I think people want to live here. They want to be here. Uh, we have to really, you know, uh, understand that that Dallas has some good stuff going on. Otherwise, people wouldn't want to move here. They wouldn't want to be here. And so we really need to identify and just, you know, promote that better, um, make sure that uh, we're able to provide the services for the people that are here and those that want to come, and make sure that we're ready for that commercial and industrial growth. So those are the things that, you know, that I'm excited about. Um, and, you know, like I said in the beginning, I've only been here for a year and a half, so, um, you know, I'm still learning, and those lessons will come along with more time. So, Brian, is there anything you'd like to add or emphasize? Is there is there a project that you'd like to talk about, or um, or would you like to revisit some of the questions? No, I think we did pretty well today, Mike. Um, I just appreciate being able to talk about Dallas. It's a great place, and um, I think we have a lot of stuff going on. So I'm really looking forward to uh, you know, working hard with my staff and with our council and our community on making Dallas just a great place and an even better place to be. Uh, KMUZ listeners may have questions or comments. What's the best way to reach you? Can you provide us an email, or should we just pick up the phone and call you, or what's the best way to talk with uh, Brian? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I like to make myself very accessible here to the public. Um, I'll give you both my phone number. Uh, people can always reach out and get a hold of me that way. Uh, and that number is 503 831 3502. Uh, I'm also available by email and I like to respond to my emails. So my email address is Brian, B R I A N dot Lata, L A T T A, at Dallas O R dot G O V. Well, thanks again, Brian. It was much appreciated. You're very welcome.